how I see brand is because you're not there all the time. You need something that shows that it's from you kind of thing. Whether it's a personal brand or a business company brand, you need it to be consistent. So that is actually telling the story of your company, right? And it's how people perceive you to be. So if you want people to perceive you as, say, funny or just humorous and, and fun, you shouldn't put out something that's serious, right? So, so that is how branding works. So it, it, it is important when it comes to design because of this. Welcome to the Kind Boss Podcast, brought to you by Outsourcing Angel, an Australian-based social enterprise that specializes in helping business owners free up their time and reduce staffing costs, while helping to create employment opportunities for people in developing countries. Visit OutsourcingAngel.com today. Now, let me welcome your host, Lynn Padetti. Hello, kind listeners. I'm your host, Lynn Padetti. Today, we'll be speaking to a kind boss, Marilyn Wu, the co-founder and CEO of Meet Anders. Meet Anders has been nicknamed Uber for graphic design as they help marketing leaders with unlimited graphic design at an intern rate per month. Marilyn believes there's a better way to help business owners communicate with designers who get it on an ongoing basis. And it doesn't have to cost an arm and leg or precious time for them to do it themselves or hire in-house. Listen on as she shares her vision of creating more jobs for talented and caring designers, helping them work from anywhere and improving their lives. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Kind Boss Podcast. And today, I have my good friend, Marilyn Wolf, all the way from Singapore. How are you? Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. I'm really so excited to be here in this conversation with you and, you know, to share with your fans as well. Yeah. And how is Singapore yeah. going with this whole lockdown? Is it easing up? Because in Australia right now in May the 25th that we're recording this, I'm actually excited that they're opening up and we're actually traveling I mean sorry not traveling going to restaurants and there's going to be open up to 50 people next week so how is it oh, in wow. Singapore yeah yeah I, I my I have a friend in Australia as well and uh, yeah she's going out already so I, I think different parts of Australia they are opening mm. up right yeah so for Singapore it's also slowly school is going to start which is so good for me so this week is the last week of home-based learning next week school is going to start and we're going to slowly sort of you know ease these kids to school batch by batch so it's looking so much better, but I guess we're all afraid that there'll be any, you know, like sudden backlash or, or, or you know, come back of that, that virus. Yeah. So yeah, looking yeah. good. Cool, mm. cool. And yeah. so, you know, I know that we both work remotely and we both have kids, but I would love for you to share with the audience, like what was your drive to, first of all, decide to yeah, start your own business and, and to work from home, for example? So yeah, working from home, I've been doing that like for ages, ever since I've graduated. So that was in 2005, somewhere around there. So it's about more than 10 years already. But that was when I was doing a freelancing kind of uh, design work for clients. I don't consider that as a real business. I mean, not, not to me. I mean, it, it can be a real business to many people, but not to me because I don't really come up with the systems and processes that what I'm learning now. It was just all oh, client give me work. I do, I hand it over, you know. And it's like a lot of burnout and I wasn't really know where I was getting to. Yeah, until about sometime in 2015, where I really just started with this business that I consider as real. When I was starting to build a team, 
and where I was starting to have systems processes to sort of remove me from the day-to-day -day technical work. Yeah, so so that was that that move and really basically it's also because I really want to create more jobs for more people. Yeah. Yeah. Because, so yeah. Yeah, tell me why you decided after uni to not work for someone and kind of freelance. Yeah, I think all along I've been really wanting to do stuff on my own. And well, you know, in school, you know, you tend to have those part-time jobs and all that, right? So I, I had before. And you know, working with people, I'm fine. I mean, I will just do my best, you know. But there isn't, it's a different kind of drive, right? So for me, it's like I really want to do something that I can push myself you know, create the results for myself and all that rather than for somebody else. So that was at the time. So I did some part-time jobs. I got into full-time jobs and all that. Then after that, I realized I really wanted to do this. That's when I, you know, sort of got more jobs for myself, you know, in, in freelancing. Yeah. yeah. And how has yeah. freelancing kind of helped you? Because uh, you, you've then later had kids and stuff, right? Like yeah. how has kind of working from home helped you, you know, manage having kids and being there more with your family? It was not easy. So I had my first kid in 2013. So 2013, that was when I had, I, I still had clients and all that, but I was slowly like burning out and all that. And, and when I had my first kid, I realized I couldn't be at two places at one time. I mean, obviously we can't, right? But I didn't really put that much thought before until my, my first kid, when I had to nurse him and, you know, you have to just be there for him. And if client is got to, you know, come to you, you have nobody to help, then you got to tell the client, say, sorry, I got to just do this later on. So that was really tough for me at that time. And that kind of switched on that light bulb and tell me that, it was, it was just telling me that, you know, hey, you know, there's something wrong somewhere. You know, I got to figure this out where I can take care of my baby. I can be a really good mom, yet I can, you know, make a living as well. So that was a turning point for me. Yeah, to manage these two things. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So with because with you, you were already a graphic designer. And so you have a technical skill that you're good at. And so you went out and started a graphic business. But in this sense, you kind of tied yourself up to a graphics job that no one else could do for the clients, only you, right? And so then although you were working from home, it didn't give you the flexibility as you imagine it to be. And I guess I didn't have that problem because when I first started in business, I didn't have any technical skills. So I actually wasn't a designer or web developer or anything. And so I had to hire from day one. And so I've, I kind of achieved the flexibility a lot earlier where, you know, as long as I'm, I have access to the phone, I can you know, pass it to the team, let's just say. But I guess, yeah, it's a very kind of different story where we both went out on our own and started working from home, but we kind of went to different models. And I guess I was fortunate that I didn't have the skill set. But you, on the other hand, was fortunate. I mean, I guess the, the good thing is that you could make money straight away and you were able to keep all that income without paying anyone. But that is, would you say, the mindset or the problem that kept you there for 10 years and maybe other freelancers are kept in that same spot because, well, if I work and I get paid, I keep all the money if I don't give it to someone else. Exactly. I wanted to mention that, that yes, is a mindset which kind of imprisoned me for that long, that whole decade, because during the time, I really didn't know how I can kind of grow from there. I thought that's it. You know, this is the best way that you can make a living, earn an income and just survive. If you pay someone else, you're going to like fork up money and why don't you just do it all on your own and, and, and take everything, right? So that mindset was kind of 
yeah, it's it's kind of like I, I, I don't go beyond that. If I don't go beyond that, I, I actually I don't know that I can pay people, relieve my time and use that time to get maybe 10 more customers or 10 more clients, 50, 100, and then build that team to just get those jobs done. You know, and you can actually earn more even. I mean, if it's not so much about money, but if you think in terms of making a living, that is actually a better way to live. Right, that you can scale, right? Yeah. Rather so you're than, leveraging yeah. you're leveraging yes. someone else's time. And so yeah. would you say that you're now spending less time even designing, but more of like running the business and feeling like you're a real businesswoman now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a bit of off my comfort zone, you know, because yeah. ten years of, you know, just doing, I really had a hard time letting go that of that. Because I thought that, oh, you know, this is the only thing I can do. If I'm gonna tell somebody what I'm doing, I don't think that person will get it. And I don't really know how to explain. Isn't it easier if I just do it on my own and faster, right? I can just like translate. That's it. Don't have to go through double step. So what seemed like a double step, in fact, it's only for the beginning. But once you have that double step done, you document it down, there won't be a double step anymore later on, right? Because once a team member comes in, they get the documentation, they run through it. You don't have to be there to explain again, right? So... That is yeah. what I'm, yeah, I'm creating, you know, to, to, to help grow my company. Yeah. yeah. So it really yeah. did cause actual challenges in your life where you didn't have the flexibility to realize that, oh my God, I have to do something. And so I think a lot of people, they, I mean, what we want to inspire people is don't wait till that long. Like if you want freedom, because the thing is we want money so that we have freedom, but then we kind of get sidetracked and just sit there and accumulate money and then thinking that, you know, what if we get hit by a bus tomorrow? Like I always think of that case, like yeah, if you get hit by a bus, what happens, right? It's a really good point. We just have to snap out of that mindset. So tell me about your design business. And I know you call it like the Uber of graphic design. Like what does that oh, yeah. mean? And, and how did you come up to this? How, why did you decide to kind of niche within graphics still? Even though now you have a team, that means you can kind of do more. Yeah, what was your reason behind just niching in this and making it the Uber? Yeah, good question. Initially, I thought of everything under the sun and anything under the sun. You know, it, I even... So, so I, I sort of started a few startups and all of them failed. One of which is it's a food startup. It's like, if you know Blue Apron, those kind of ingredients, you know, you sort of package the ingredients together and then you send over to, to you deliver. And yes, yes. Can just cook straight from there, right? I actually started that and obviously it failed, right? Because I don't really know the whole process behind creating businesses, mm-hmm. right? I have been doing just technical work for, for, for 10 years. So that failed. And I came up with all kinds of things. So it's not just graphics. But when those failed, I realized, you know, why am I doing other things? Graphic is my sort of forte, right? Yeah, I, I have been doing it, but I know what clients want. I mean, for the past 10 years, I really know, right, what they actually want. So that's how I got, you know, kind of got back to it and really figure out like, okay, where went what wrong for the past 10 years? So the past 10 years, I was a generalist. I did, did everything from what logo design to brand strategy. So it's like so wide. It's like brochure design, everything. So I did everything and I couldn't find what I was really, really best in. So that was a big mistake. So I just kind of reflected upon that. And that's how I got to the, the service where I do all the simple graphics. And that's about it. So if people were to come to me for brand strategy now, I would probably, you know, just tell them that, hey, I, I have people I can refer you to who are better at that. Uh, but my team is really best in the production side where they can churn out designs for you quickly. So 
I, I kind of go, go to that niche. Yeah, and actually I, I learned that from this founder of WP Curve. He's called Dan Norris. He came up with this book that's called Seven Day Startup. So that was how I thought I was like, hey, you know, there is WordPress service like that that's productized. I can do that too. So that was that turning point. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I can relate to you because, you know, as, as I started out too, I tried different things and this and that. And I realized that the more you start, the more you have so many things to worry about. Just like when you go to a restaurant and there's so many different things that they cook, that means they have to carry so much stock and they have to kind of, I guess it's you're like a mediocre of everything versus you can really specialize in one. Like even graphic design yourself now, I bet you, you never have enough time to even optimize your current process, right? And become a, the best designer. So yeah, I agree with you, this whole, whole niche thing. And yeah, so in terms of design-wise, like even if people can use Canva nowadays, right? Yeah. Like it's a cool server. Is it because it's still time-consuming, right? Like as in to, to, yeah. to drag and drop is still thing. And that's why your business exists, right? Can you share yes. with us yeah, some of the benefits in using you versus like, okay, well, there's Canva, go and do that. Yeah, and then your goal is to make it affordable. And so, yeah, I want to share you, you to share with that, that with the audience. Yeah, so Canva is great. It's, it's even something that we are using ourselves uh, rather than the more kind of advanced design softwares, right? So what you have said is right, that is time-consuming. That's one. means people will still have to sort of DIY and put in things themselves. And that is one part. But the other one is if they want to really bring their content to a higher level where it comes to more appealing, more engaging, you know, it takes another kind of thinking, another kind of design thinking where you can know how to put this text with this image and make it look appealing because Canva is just a tool. It is very convenient already, but if you don't really know how to put things together still, you still need to take time to figure that out. You need to learn that. Then you need, still need somebody who is already quick in that to put them together, right? Because, you know, with, with Canva's templates, you can say that, oh, they have templates and all that. But once you put in your own custom content, you know, things start to look different, right, from the original template. Then you'll be spending time again trying to fit them and make them look nice and then change colors. And that's just taking time, time away, right, from, from what you want, want to do in the first place. Yeah, so that's where we come in to fit these pieces together. We pass them to you. You have that template to custom put in more, more text for yourself with your brand yeah. and everything becomes more consistent, right? Yeah. yeah. And I love that it's unlimited package too. So yeah, yeah it's such a high, really great value. Yeah. I, I can vouch for that because what happened was recently, so I'm not a designer and I'm not really good with trade. I can, if I see something, I can tell it's nice, but somehow when I was trying to do it on Canva, even though I was like, Oh, this is good. And I drag and drop a few things and it's just started to look really bad and it took so much more time. And the other experience I had was I also is, uh, I have an intern that is helping me. And I said to her, use Canva and here's my color guide. And, and, you know, just trying to see if she, how she could come up with it. And still, it's the combination of the colors and the thing that just doesn't look right and it's not appealing. So you really still need someone professional, even if you're using Canva is what I say. Yeah, exactly. And it depends on what you are doing, right? I mean, most people now are doing a lot of content and they have to produce so many, churn out so many graphics. I mean, how much time have you got in a day, right? To do sales, to do marketing, and then have to come and sit down and figure this out. So you see, yeah, you still need someone. It's just that probably you don't need 
a certain expertise because there are different expertise when it comes to design. So you can probably get an expertise where Canva expertise sort of drag and drop kind of expertise is good enough. You know, yeah. somebody with that, yeah. So yeah. professional designer will be, will be the best bet for you if you want to cover this area quickly. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, mm. using Canva alone, uh, there is so many templates and things that are very professional looking. And what I mean is you still need someone that is creative or that eye for yeah. design to do yeah. it in a way that is, is, is right for your eyes. Want to make a difference in others' lives? Join us in providing food, medical supplies, and daily living necessities to tribal communities living in extreme poverty in the Philippines. For as little as $50, you can feed a whole village and have peace of mind that 100% of your donations goes directly to those in need. Be a part of our OA Love Projects and visit OutsourcingAngel.com. Okay, well, before I go into the next set of questions, I actually want to break it up with this section called High Five. So I'm going to ask you five questions. You choose this or that and just elaborate on the choice so that we get to know Marilyn a little bit. Okay? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Number one is action movies or drama movies? Oh, my goodness. This is hard. <gasps> drama. <laughs> Korean drama? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. Not at all. Not even a single one, really. You know, but... I mean, I don't mind Hollywood ones. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was just because a lot of my Asian friends love the Korean drama. I haven't had yeah. a chance to watch it because it's just time-consuming. But I did yeah. watch it a lot when I was younger. But you like the... Oh, wow. Yeah, when I was a kid, they used to dub Vietnamese into those Chinese movies. And then we, I would sit there and watch it with my mum for ages while we're like sewing and stuff. But yeah, it was, anyway, it's good to know another Asian who don't watch Korean movies. <laughs> no, not at all, no. <laughs> all right, fiction or non-fiction books? Non-fiction, all non-fiction. I've, yeah, I haven't been reading fiction for, long, for the longest time. I, I told myself that I want to and I should because, you know, sometimes you just got to get that imagination going, right? So I tried like anything, Harry Potter even, you know, but no, I just cannot see through. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah I'm exactly like you. I, I, can't, I also don't like watching kind of sci-fi too much, but I mean, because of the kids, I do watch it, but mm. I also can't read non-fiction because... Yeah, I just need the real stuff because we've yeah, got real problems yeah. to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No time to think of other things. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Holiday in Spain or holiday in England? Whoa. I've been to England. Never been to Spain. Then I'll just choose Spain then. Yeah. Yeah. What are you yeah. looking forward to in Spain? What would you like to do in Spain? I would like to watch the soccer matches. What's yeah, that? I just want to. Yeah, I've never been. So are you I just a soccer fan? Experience. Do you like soccer? Used to because I've been in the sports scene for a decade as well. So yeah, it's wow! A long you time. played sport. Yeah. What kind of sport do you play? It's called canoe polo. Wow! Yeah, like canoeing and you're hitting something with a yeah. It's like a water polo ball. So you you just know you know water polo right? Yeah. So it just is the same thing, but instead of players treading water, they are all in canoes. Wow. Yeah, they, they have that in Australia as well. And That's amazing. Yeah, the team oh God, in Australia gotta, is good. Yeah, yeah that is yeah, good. I, mean, I, 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 avoid, I avoid water altogether because I can't swim, so I just don't go near any water sports. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another question. Gary V or Oprah? Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is hard. This is hard. Okay, I think Oprah. Yeah, Oprah. Yeah, I love I think that uh, she, she's really inspirational. I'm, I mean, Gary V is obviously good as well, but it's just different kind of inspiration, right? But the uh, winner is Oprah. Oprah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Podcasts or YouTube? 
podcast. Oh. I can run and listen. Yeah, I can drive and listen. You know, YouTube. It's hard to do two things at one time for me. I mean, I'm I'm fine. But if you're comparing, then yeah, podcast. I can do other things, multitask. You know, so ah, yeah. yeah. Well, I actually go on YouTube and not watch it. Uh, as in, I uh, yeah. still do the listening. But uh, yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, this is doable. Yeah, but you yeah. do a lot of podcasting. Cool. All right, last question: pizza or pasta? Pasta. <laughs> your eyes light up. It's like, are you hungry right now? <laughs> yeah, you know why? Because my kids are crazy over pizza, so it's like I'm like sick of pizza already. I just, I love pasta. I can eat it every day. So yeah, 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 awesome. All right, let's get back to business now. I want to talk about how you know you you were a freelancer before, and then you started hiring team. And from my understanding, you kind of grew a deeper connection with the purpose of, of your creating jobs for these people, right? And so I yeah. wanted you to share with the audience your experience from kind of, you know, being this single person and now kind of very purpose-driven because of a team. Yeah, wow. Okay, so all along I'm quite a team person because I was also in a team sport. So I really love that, that kind of team spirit, that working together, helping each other, that commitment that we have together and that support, right? Somehow we just cannot work alone, when I was in that team but at that time I didn't really translate that to business so business for me yeah for the 10 years it was just income 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 I guess it's probably upbringing you know how parents and the old folks tell you about you know you need a stable job and all that so when the income comes in I thought that's it already you know if I can survive like that then that's it okay I'll just you know do my thing and carry on yeah but when that you know, my, my, I gave birth to my first kid, as I mentioned earlier. That got me thinking that I really cannot work alone. I, I need people to support and we help each other. So they get what they want. I get what we, I want. We, get, we do what we want as a, as a team, right? Similar to when I was in a sports team. So it kind of like come together in that sense. So that's how I got that value out of, you know, having more, more of a teamy thing and supporting each other, yeah. Yeah, and, and you also kind of have the same value as me where I want to create jobs for people working from home, right? Like we all kind of grew up business, but we never thought about, well, let's just go and hire an office and, and kind of look glamorous in an office. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about, I guess, your reason behind why you're like keeping it as home-based and, and creating more home-based jobs? Well, first thing is obviously the cost. That, that definitely comes into play. But then again, we don't really need that office, right? We know we, I mean, I sort of like reflect and think about why do people need offices? Like, is it because you want to know that the person is working or you, you want to have that space where people can motivate each other because, you know, I see you there working, I will work as well. Is it like that or what is it? So when I was working from home, I had the, my own motivation. I, I was able to come up with things. I was able to work. Then that reason to motivate each other having an office space doesn't have to be there anymore, right? If I could do that, as I work from home year by year, I realize it also can save time. I mean, you don't have to travel. I have friends who even within Singapore travel like two hours, three hours every day, even in such a small country, right? Yeah, because of the traffic. So it can be, can be really bad. Yeah. So same for people in Philippines, right? My, my team as well. So when they join me, it's the same thing. They were telling me, oh, the commuting to the city is crazy. Although they are like already in Manila, right? But that traveling is just taking too much time, which, yeah, what's the point of that? So if you can do that at home, especially when it comes to design, it's digital. You don't have to phys be physically 
at some place, then that that works. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you keep your team engaged and motivated? And because I think a lot of people have that mindset, like you said, they're not as productive if um, they're not next to me. So how have you been able to keep a really great culture at your company? So for us, we, we do have a Slack channel, right? Where we will always communicate with each other there. And I will tend to ask them questions. I will tend to understand them more first before I come up with things to supplement what they're interested in. So for example, when it comes to design, my designers probably have their own liking of what kind of work they like. I won't push them to do things that they don't really like, things like that. Because in, the, in, in our design team, we have a lot of work coming in. So a lot, the whole day, it's kind of packed with all this work, right? So they can get burned out easily. And they need breaks and they need to do things that they enjoy. They can't just do the work and you don't really care about whether they like or not and then you just give them. So you need to give them things where their creative juices can, you know, keep flowing. And that's when they enjoy, then that's when they are motivated to stick with you and and work together. Yeah, so usually it's that part of thing that we do on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Giving work that people enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, so from my understanding, it's like you really do care about the person being the person, not your employee trying to just like hustle and give you the work, but you spend time getting to know them and making them feel loved. I think, I think as human beings, we just want to feel loved and connected. And if we could do that, even if it's on a Slack channel, which we use as well, it doesn't really matter, right? Because you could sit next to someone in real life and if you're not talking to them or, or care about them, that's where the work politics and, and the motivation and people yeah. in, in offices still don't like their jobs, right? So it's not really... Yeah that the case well I actually want to get back to the design thing you know sometimes people don't understand the value of design whereas like you know now that I've been in business long enough and I look back at my old design and the way I didn't care about design yeah it really does it just doesn't represent the brand you know and so now I really do value the brand because I see that I would you know we judge brands we judge the way it looks so I guess I want you to share with the audience you know how important branding is and, and getting the right you know portrayal of your brand out there yeah, how I see brand is because you're not there all the time. You need something that shows that it's from you kind of thing. Whether it's a personal brand or a business company brand, you need it to be consistent. So that is actually telling the story of your company, right? And it's how people perceive you to be. So if you want people to perceive you as, say, funny or just humorous and fun, you shouldn't put out something that's serious, right? So, so that is how branding works. So it, it, it is important when it comes to design because of this. Content is important. Yes, content is always king. But after you have that content, if you can package it up to be something that you imagine your brand to be a person, how it, this person looks like to someone whom you want to attract, then that is branding, right? So it's important because if you want to attract that person, you need that person to see your brand, so-called person, to be that kind, right? To, to, be, to be attractive to that person. Yeah, so that is how important that is it so is, true. Because yeah. if you're a professional brand and you come out professional, attracting the professionals. If you're kind of like just looking like a cheapy brand, then you're gonna attract cheapy people who think that you're gonna be cheap as well. <laughs> I think that's the case. <laughs> okay, so how yeah. can we work with you, Marilyn? Oh, as in how 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 you can work with me? Yeah, what's in, the yeah? How did uh, where, where where to from here? So they like yeah, they want to see more of Marilyn. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. Anytime, you know, I'm on LinkedIn uh, every day. So you guys can just come and just search for Marilyn Woe and I'll be there and we can have a conversation anytime. I mean, like have a chat. 
yeah, on my website, I have a free gift for you, for you guys. And you can go to meetenders.com slash OA. So especially for uh, the kind podcast listeners and Lynn's fans. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I have two questions before I let you go. One is, what does a kind boss mean to you? Well, a kind boss is compassionate, somebody who really, really treat your people, your team members as a family. And you really want to make them feel safe. I, I really, really, and I'm an advocate of that security and safety of how people feel about the whole company, that everybody has each other's backs. You know, if like I make a mistake, I know that my team members will support me, that kind of thing. Rather than I don't dare to make a mistake because if I make a mistake, somebody may just point fingers and that's it, you know. So being kind is able, is uh, being a kind boss is one who is able to spread this kind of uh, safety net for the whole team. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, just to feel that cozy warmth. Oh my God, I love that. Okay, last question is, what do you want the world to remember Marilyn for? Wow. <laughs> this is a tough one. You know, I've always wanted to make an impact in the world. I just want to make, do something that is really big. But I realized, you know, if, if I can just make someone's day, just a simple something that makes someone happy, I, yeah, I feel that, that that is good enough. I mean, like, just, just, you know, just help each other. And I'm just fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's I, all, yeah. That is the most simple but impactful kind of strategy in life and answer in life because I think sometimes we get too caught up with our big vision and big mission and you're kind of covering two things. It's kind of how should we live our day but then because you're focusing on each day, it's just being really present as well. Yeah. So you're teaching us to be present in the moment and, and just do something nice one day because every day will add up to a year and a lifetime. So yeah. boom, I can now understand the way you think. It's very simple niche just like how you're niching in your graphic design <laughs> you're doing really well at that particular niche so thank you so much Marilyn for yeah spending time with me and I really enjoyed our chat thank you so much for having me Lynn thank you thank you for joining our podcast today we hope this interview has inspired and humbled you to be a kind boss please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and let us know what you think about our show if you have any questions please visit outsourcingangel.com until then, stay kind and spread love.